This is the Humanist Report with Mike Figueredo. Sponsored by Amazon, Audible, HostGator, Gamefly, and supporters of independent media like you. Welcome to the Humanist Report. My name is Mike Figueredo, and this is the 41st episode of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by our latest member on HumanistReport.com. Today, we have Mark Burgess. And additionally, we have Ignar H, who is a new patron on Patreon. So thank you to both of you for signing up to support the podcast. If any of you would like to support The Humanist Report, follow the links in the description box down below. On today's episode, I will be talking about how after Bernie Sanders won Indiana, CNN asked him when he would drop out of the race. Not kidding. Now additionally, since Donald Trump is the presumptive Republican nominee... Paul Ryan explains that he is not ready to endorse him, so I'm going to talk about that. I'll also talk about how Donald Trump defeats Hillary Clinton in a new hypothetical matchup. And getting on to Hillary Clinton, I will talk about how she is taking Coke lobbyist money and is now targeting Bush's donors. This is what her supporters are allegedly doing and allegedly not her campaign, so we'll get into that. Additionally, uh, the DNC chair, Debbie Do Anything for Hillary Wasserman Schultz, admits that she wants to exclude independents from primaries, but then ask for their support in November, so I will discuss this. And additionally, I will look at a 538 article and how they talk about how distaste towards Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump is record-breaking. And last but not least, I will be speaking with Debbie, the sane progressive, and she's going to talk election fraud as well as some other 2016 election issues. So all of these topics will be covered. Hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast. Let's get right into it. Bernie Sanders had a great night on Tuesday. He won Indiana in a stunning political upset, yet CNN had the audacity to actually ask him this. Senator, just picking up on what you just were talking about, uh, that's a totally understandable argument that the Democratic voters in all of the upcoming states should have a chance for their voices to be heard. But tonight we have a new political reality, as Jake was just saying, where we have a presumptive Republican nominee in the general election for him is very much beginning. You said earlier tonight about Donald Trump, this is a man who does not have the demeanor, does not have the policy background or the ideas to become the president of the United States. So staying in this race, aren't you effectively making it harder for the Democrats to beat the man who you say would be so bad? Well, you have already conceded the race for me, and I don't accept that concession. Thank you, Dana, but I don't quite agree with you. Uh, We are in this race to win. Uh, And what I have said time and time again is that what our campaign has succeeded in doing in a way that the Clinton campaign has not done, we win in almost every election, every state caucus or primary, people 45 years of age or younger. Secretary Clinton does very, very well with older people. The ideas that we are fighting for are the future of America. They are the future of the Democratic Party. And by the way, By the way, what we have done is excite an entire generation of people, working people and young people, who are now getting involved in the political process. I think when we go to California, when we go to Oregon, when we go to New Mexico, when we go to all the remaining states, and we have a serious debate on serious issues, I think it it generates enthusiasm, gets people involved in the political process, Results in a higher voter turnout. And Senator, Democrats win when the voter turnout is high. And Senator, no question you're bringing new people into the fold. And you and your campaign also rightly uh, often point out that you do well in open primaries like Indiana was tonight because there are independent voters. On that note, uh, Trump's campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, said last week that their campaign is ready to, be, to bring in anyone who feels the burn and that movement that you have started into into the Trump campaign if they're not inclined to support Hillary Clinton. Um, I I understand that you say that this is not over, and it is not over, and that you're going to continue down the road, but this is a very real thing that the the, the Trump campaign is doing, and do you think, and do you worry they might have success? No, I don't. So she asked him, staying in this race, aren't you effectively making it harder for Democrats to beat the man who you say would be so bad? Really? Do you want to know what makes it harder for Democrats to win in November? What makes it harder for them to win in November is having a candidate as the presumptive nominee, like you like to call her, 
who is currently being investigated by the FBI. We have no idea what's going to happen, but there's a chance that she can get indicted. And even if there was just a 1% chance that that would happen, maybe you would want to pick someone else just because, oh, I don't know, it would make it easier for a Republican to win. Uh, you want to know what makes it harder for Democrats to win in November? The fact that Hillary Clinton cannot capture independence. The fact that Hillary Clinton cannot capture the youth vote. Oh, another thing that makes it difficult for Democrats to win in November is having the lowest net unfavorability ratings in modern history. Now, another thing that may hurt Democrats in November is the fact that Hillary Clinton has effectively given the cold shoulder to Bernie Sanders supporters. You have a huge segment of Bernie supporters saying that they're burning your bus and they're not going to vote for you. And her pitch that she made to them was, I'm winning. You have no choice. Vote for me. I am winning. I am winning. And one more thing that can harm Democrats in November is if you select a candidate who is going against core tenets of democratic ideals. So for example, 81% of democratic voters are in favor of universal health care, yet Hillary Clinton is not. Health emergencies can't wait for us to have some theoretical debate about some better idea that will never, ever come to pass. She was in favor of it until her pumps were greased by the health insurance industry. She started giving speeches on their behalfs, making millions of dollars. She started taking campaign contributions to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars, and all of a sudden, she doesn't like universal healthcare. All of a sudden, she has a change of heart. Hmm, I wonder if the money has anything to do with it. See, that's what's going to hurt Democrats in November. If you put up the weakest candidate you can possibly imagine against the Republican. There are many bad choices in the Democratic Party that you do not want to nominate, but Hillary Clinton is at the top of that list, basically. So when you take into account all of those reasons that I just gave you, if Hillary Clinton and everyone else really cared about defeating Donald Trump and helping Democrats win in November, you want to know what she would do? She would drop out of the race if she actually cared about the country. And this is because when you look at hypothetical matchups between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders outperforms Hillary Clinton and furthermore, he's viewed as more favorable. He's not being investigated by the FBI currently. So again, Hillary Clinton claims she cares about the Democratic Party. She claims that she cares about voters and she's running not for narcissistic reasons. But if that were the case, we know what she would do. She would drop out. Now, I also love the irony here. So Dana Bash said, this is a very real thing that the Trump campaign is doing. Do you worry that they might have success? Again, implying that Bernie Sanders should drop out. Well, it's funny that she would say that because the media, CNN included, gave Trump over $2 billion worth of free advertising, and then she has the audacity to turn around and say, uh, aren't you worried that Donald Trump could be successful? Well, don't you have any blame? Are you not going to take responsibility? Donald Trump's rise is fueled in part by excessive media coverage. You gave Donald Trump way more coverage than you gave to even Hillary Clinton, but definitely Bernie Sanders. And then you have the gall to ask Bernie to drop out? No way. That's absolutely ridiculous. And look, we all know why CNN wants Bernie Sanders to drop out. CNN, otherwise known as the Clinton News Network, well, their parent company, Time Warner, is one of Hillary Clinton's top contributors, and they are bankrolling Hillary Clinton's campaign so that way they could potentially buy her off, make her less in favor of net neutrality. They also are hoping that they could grease Hillary's palms and make her a little bit more inclined to support these big mergers between Comcast and Time Warner. So we all know that when CNN does propaganda for Hillary Clinton, what they're doing is the bidding of Hillary Clinton's donor, Time Warner, their parent company, so we know that they're all just puppets. This isn't objective, even neutral journalism. This is complete and utter puppets. Now, the worst part is that they asked him to drop out after he won. He was down in the polls, he was within the margin of error, and he came out on top. And then you ask him to drop out the same night. It's unbelievable. The bias against Bernie Sanders is absolutely quantifiable. It's been done in studies where it shows how uh, the media is definitely biased towards him. And they're not even trying to hide it. CNN, who typically would like to paint the picture that they're, quote, neutral, they're not even hiding it anymore. They just want Bernie Sanders out of the race. Uh, and it's frustrating because when Hillary Clinton was in the race in 2008, it eventually became mathematically impossible for her to beat Barack Obama, yet she stayed in the race even after it was mathematically impossible. That is, even if she won with 100% in the remaining races at that point, she still wouldn't have beaten him. Yet, Bernie Sanders 
he it's going to be difficult let's be honest he needs to win by an average of 64 percent but that's not impossible it may be improbable but it's not mathematically impossible yet so why are you calling on him to drop out just to benefit the democratic party i'm sorry but if bernie sanders is out of this race that's going to hurt the democratic party because people like me who are traditionally democratic voters if he's not the nominee i'm switching to independent after the convention sorry but that's going to hurt the Democratic Party. I'm not voting for a corrupt candidate. So if you really care about helping the Democratic Party, Dana Bash, then you would pressure Hillary Clinton to drop out. But we all know why you're not going to do that, because you're a puppet for your parent company. Those of you who watch my podcast know that I have stated time and again that I do not believe that Hillary Clinton is a liberal. And I have a ton of reasons to validate this viewpoint. So first and foremost, her vote for the Iraq War, her vote for the Patriot Act, her support and pushing Obama to invade Libya, uh, her support for a Syrian no-fly zone, the fact that she was the last person to come around to marriage equality, the fact that she's against uh, legalizing marijuana. There's so many reasons as to why I don't feel as though Hillary Clinton is liberal. And one of the biggest that is just frustrating to me is she is against a core democratic principle that is to secure universal health care for everyone, a national health system. So... I don't believe she's a liberal. You can disagree with that if you want to, but I don't think you have a good argument. But some new information that has recently emerged is further proving my point. So Hillary Clinton is now taking Koch brother lobbyist money. And furthermore, she may actually be courting Bush's donors. So I'm going to break this down into two parts. So first, getting to the Koch money, Huffington Post writes that recently billionaire Charles Koch gave a vague endorsement of Clinton, essentially expressing that she would be more favorable than any of the current Republican candidates. Koch told ABC News that it's possible Clinton could be better than another Republican next time around. Clinton immediately took to Twitter to disavow this half-hearted support from Koch, writing, not interested in endorsements from people who deny climate science and try to make it harder for people to vote. I agree with that. I also don't like people who aren't going to do anything about climate change, who would take money from the fossil fuel industry. And furthermore, I really dislike it when parties make it harder for people to vote. So when you purge Democratic voters from party lists, when you have these closed primaries and restrict independence from voting, that's the kind of stuff I don't like. Oh, wait, we're talking about Republicans because they're the only ones who could do bad things, right, Hillary? Anyways, I'm, I'm going to go on a tangent, so let's get right back into it. So it turns out that her tweet is not true because she's taking lobbyist money from the Koch brothers. Heather Podesta is a former lobbyist for Koch Industries and according to The Intercept, one of the most prolific fundraisers for the Clinton campaign, having personally raised at least $348,000 as of February 2016. Others associated with Koch Industries, such as Amy Trainer and Robert Hall, have donated large sums to Clinton's campaigns. Capital Council, a lobbying firm for Koch Industries that has received a lobbying income of $320,000, also contains multiple employees who are fundraising for Clinton. Now, again, I don't think this is very surprising, seeing that Hillary Clinton will take money from everyone. She did take money from the private prison industry at first until she got a lot of scrutiny for it and then decided to donate the money to charity. But this is someone who takes money from the fossil fuel industry. She'll claim that she doesn't, but we're not dumb. We know that lobbyists are bundling their contributions to her. And furthermore, she's taking money from pro-fracking companies and pro-fracking individuals. So even though it's the case that Hillary Clinton doesn't just outright deny climate change, she won't be any better on it than Republicans because someone who is bought off is only marginally better than someone who just denies climate change altogether. Because I know that Hillary Clinton is not a warrior for climate change. And when confronted about this and whether or not she would stop taking money, she tried to play dumb. So I do not trust Hillary Clinton, and I know that she's not the right candidate to actually tackle climate change in any substantive way. But I want to get on to the next point, because Hillary Clinton's campaign may actually be courting Bush's former donors. Now, the alleged pitch is that Hillary Clinton represents their values better than Trump. No shit. So Politico explains that Hillary Clinton's supporters in recent days have been making a furious round of calls to top Bush family donors to try to convince them that she represents their values better than Donald Trump. Multiple sources in both parties told Politico the moves 
come as Clinton and the Democratic Party try to take advantage of deep unease among establishment Republicans on Wall Street and elsewhere with Trump's emergence as the presumptive Republican nominee. Top targets for the Clinton team include people like Woody Johnson, Jeb Bush's former finance chair, and the owner of the New York Jets. Now, here's what the Clinton campaign had to say when asked about this. Clinton spokesman Josh Schwerin did not deny the calls were happening. There's no official outreach from the campaign, but I would not be at all surprised if our supporters are doing it on their own. Really? You expect us to believe that rather than phone banking or canvassing for Hillary Clinton or just outright donating to her themselves, they're going to call up rich donors? Really? And these rich donors are going to answer the phone for some peasant Hillary Clinton supporter and not Hillary herself? That's not the way the game works. <laughs> I was born at night, but not last night. I'm not that naive. See, when you call these donors, the reason why they pick up the phone is because they see Hillary Clinton on the caller ID. So now, of course, what I'm saying is just speculation, but we have no reason to believe the Hillary Clinton campaign. They have lied before, and Hillary Clinton has proven time and again that she's a compulsive liar. So if you think that the Clinton campaign is not trying to encourage them, to call donors and that they're just doing this on their own accord you're really naive so obviously that's probably not the case again i don't have evidence of this but let's be realistic come on now if it were the case that hillary clinton was actually a principled politician she would tell her supporters no i don't want republican money i don't want this disgusting blood money from defense contractors they can keep their money now she'll say it in public like she did to the Koch brothers but in actuality behind closed doors She'll take Coke lobbyist money, so we know that Hillary Clinton wants that money, because to Hillary Clinton, money talks. She doesn't care about the policy, she doesn't care about the supporters, she doesn't care about the country. What Hillary Clinton cares about is herself. And there are many examples about how Hillary Clinton does one thing in public and another thing in private. A story recently broke about how even though in public she supported Obama in the Iran deal, well, behind closed doors, she actually wanted to impose more sanctions on Iran to get them to buckle during negotiations, which... I can't even imagine why anyone would think that's a logical way to negotiate, but that's what she wanted. She took a Republican position. So I don't expect Hillary Clinton to do the same thing in private as she's saying she's going to do in public. Nobody should because she's demonstrated time and again that she cannot be trusted. So again, Hillary Clinton is not a liberal. She is a Democrat in name only. But honestly, I think that that saying, Dino, Democrat in name only, it's starting to lose its weight because the entire party is no longer representative of Democratic voters. They're no longer representative of core Democratic ideals. I feel as though they don't represent me, hence the reason why I'm going to change my status to independent after the convention. So nobody should be surprised by this. I'm certainly not. But it just proves that Hillary Clinton, she's willing to do anything to win and she doesn't care whose money it is. She'll take it. It doesn't matter if you're a greedy Republican. You could literally be Satan and Hillary Clinton will welcome your money with open arms because that's Hillary Clinton. Uh, it's no surprise. We already knew that the DNC chair, Debbie Do Anything for Hillary Wasserman Schultz, is against democracy, but she actually admitted it in an interview with Bloomberg where she stated that she does not believe independent voters should be allowed to participate in private party primaries. So she says, I believe that the party's nominee should be chosen by members of the party. We should not have independents or Republicans playing games. So let's reiterate what she's saying here. So she's saying independent voters, I think you should be excluded from the process. You don't get to participate in our private club, but when it comes time to vote for our candidate in November, please come back. We, won't, we want you to come back to the party. Well, you can't have it both ways. Either you want independents to participate and vote for your party or you don't want them to. What you're effectively saying is that you only want their vote when it's convenient for you. But the fact that independent voters are voting for Bernie Sanders over Hillary Clinton, you don't like that because you want to get your corporatist candidate in office. But guess what? That's not fair. That's not how democracy works. Now, let me tell you why she's wrong. Currently, independents now make up the largest share of voters in the country, according to Gallup. So 42% of the country identifies as independents now, and only 29% actually identify as Democrats, and 26% identifies as Republicans. And trust me, those numbers would be even lower if there weren't closed primaries, because I'm registered as a Democrat only because 
I want to vote for Bernie Sanders. But as soon as the convention is over, I'm going to switch to an independent because I don't think the Democratic Party supports me. So I don't want to register as a Democrat and then let them think that they have my support. Now, her admitting this is just further proof that she is not in favor of democracy. She wants to win by authoritarian means. We've seen this with uh, Tim Canova, Alex Law, and Bernie Sanders, how she shut off their access to van so that way they weren't allowed to access their own voter files. We saw this how she corroborated with the Clinton campaign to set up debates in a way that would limit people from watching it. And as we saw, viewership was not very high in many of them. And additionally, she's actively fighting against Democratic senators like Elizabeth Warren. She's fighting against her agency that protects people from banks and predatory payday lenders that like to fraud people. And she's perfectly okay with just teaming up with the Republicans. This is the head of the Democratic Party. And let's not forget that under Debbie Do Anything for Hillary Wasserman Schultz's leadership, Democrats have lost the House, they've lost the Senate, and they could lose the White House in November. So if you can ruin an already terrible party, then my hat goes off to you. I mean, bravo, that takes, that takes a lot. To take something that's shitty and make it even shittier, that honestly requires talent. And Debbie Wasserman Schultz has proven time and again that she has that particular talent to do just that. So I'm glad that you actually admitted that you're against democracy, but nobody's surprised. See, she would love independence if they actually voted for Hillary Clinton and if they would help Hillary Clinton in, in November. But the fact that independence will most likely go to Donald Trump by large numbers in November, it scares Debbie. And it should scare Debbie. You tried to rig the process for Hillary Clinton. So we have to defeat Debbie Wasserman Schultz, even though there's been multiple petitions with thousands of signatures urging her to step down as DNC chair. She's not doing it. So the only way we can get her out is if we defeat her and we support Tim Canova's campaign. He is her progressive challenger, who's a true Bernie-crat, like Bernie Sanders himself, who's not taking corporate money like Debbie do anything for Hillary Wasserman Schultz. So if you really want to get rid of Debbie, you have to make sure that you support Tim Canova. Even though it's been the case that Bernie Sanders outperforms Hillary Clinton in hypothetical matchups against Donald Trump, it's still the case that Hillary Clinton does beat Donald Trump in every single poll until today. So according to a new Rasmussen poll, Hillary Clinton is now within the margin of error with Donald Trump, and he is beating her by two points. So Donald Trump leads Hillary Clinton 41% to 39% out of a poll of 1,000 likely voters conducted through telephone, and 15% of voters prefer some other candidate, and 5% are undecided. Now, there are problems with this poll. It does appear to be an outlier because a new poll was released showing that Hillary Clinton does still beat Donald Trump by 13 points. Uh, and furthermore, 538 grades this polling company a C. So their polls are almost always skewed towards Republicans. So that's one thing to keep in mind. However, even when you account for this bias, it seems to be the case that polls between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are getting increasingly closer. So if it is the case that we have a general election between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, not only would that be just awful to watch, well, let's actually talk about what could happen. So first, let's go through the reasons as to why he will most likely not win against Hillary Clinton. Well, first of all, his support among minorities and women is terrible. And if you can't get women, which are over 50% of the population, or can't get any minority groups to support you, you're going to be in trouble come November. Now, furthermore, he has a lower net favorability rating among his own party than Hillary Clinton does among her own party. So in other words, Republicans hate Donald Trump more than Democrats hate Hillary Clinton. So that's another problem. And additionally, one other reason why she could beat him is because many establishment and moderate centrist Republicans, they may cross over and vote for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. This has been the case with John Kasich voters. Uh, you can watch videos on TYT of Jordan Sheraton interviewing John Kasich supporters saying they might actually cross the aisle if Donald Trump is the nominee. Now, additionally, on average, it is still the case that Hillary Clinton is defeating Trump in all hypothetical matchups. So she does have that going for her. And finally, Donald Trump is under scrutiny for fraud due to Trump University. So there's all those reasons why it's the case that Hillary Clinton will most likely beat Donald Trump. But on the other side of the coin here, there are reasons as to why Donald Trump could take this. So first and foremost, if turnout is low, Republicans always win. And Hillary Clinton does not pull in independents. She does not pull in youth voters. So if young people stay home, that could effectively hand the election over to Donald Trump. Donald Trump 
has crossover appeal. He's able to capture a lot of independents, more so than Hillary Clinton. And when it comes down to the general election, swing voters are typically the ones who decide who wins. Now, additionally, the most damaging thing that could happen is Hillary Clinton could get indicted during the general election. Now, look, we have no idea what's going to happen. CNN recently released the report alleging that the FBI found no criminal wrongdoing with Hillary Clinton, but who knows? I'm going to wait until there's a more reputable source because CNN is directly in the tank for Hillary Clinton, seeing that their parent company, uh, Time Warner, is one of Hillary Clinton's biggest donors. So they have a vested interest in Hillary Clinton. They've invested millions of dollars into her. So they want to make sure that she is not going to be indicted, but we have no idea. So again, this is all speculation, but she's still being investigated by the FBI. And yes, it is a criminal investigation. So many of Hillary's supporters will say that Bernie Sanders supporters, they're just adopting right-wing talking points to attack Hillary Clinton. But if you're not paying attention to this, something that one, she's going to be attacked for just in general because she's being in investigated uh and two the fact that it could happen well we're just being precautious we're being smart because we don't want a madman like trump to win so you have all of these reasons why hillary could win and why trump could win currently there's more reasons as to why hillary could win but anything could happen so i'm not willing to discount trump i'm not willing to count him out many media pundits are brushing him off saying look he's never gonna win but they did that before with him and he steamrolled through the republican primary so now it's the case that there's not even going to be a contested convention. He will win the Republican primary and become the nominee outright with 1,237 delegates. That's basically guaranteed at this point. So I am not willing to take Trump for granted. I think he could win, but I don't know who's going to win. It's, it's up in the air. So we have to look at all these different types of variables and figure out who has the best chance. Currently, I think there's more reasons why Hillary will win over Trump. But at the same time, I'm not willing to say she's going to win. It's most likely the case she's going to win. Who knows? So even though this poll is an outlier, you need to take every single poll seriously because it is the case that Donald Trump could be our next president. And that's a scary thought. But it's also a scary thought that Hillary could be our next president. So either way, we're screwed. But look, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, let's just hope that somehow Bernie Sanders pulls this off. Last week, I told you guys about a poll wherein one in four voters stated that they would boycott the general election if it was Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. Now, 538 has decided to quantify our distaste for both candidates, and it is honestly record-breaking. So they use a four-point Likert scale to gauge favorability and ask whether or not they strongly favor, favor, or unfavor, or strongly unfavor Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. Now, when it comes to Trump, even though he has the highest net favorability ratings, he also has the lowest net unfavorability ratings. So in other words, Republican voters are polarized. They either really, really like Donald Trump or really, really dislike Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump is over 50% and Hillary Clinton is just under 40%. And when you just look at people who have a strongly unfavorable view, Hillary Clinton and Trump have the highest net unfavorability ratings than any other candidates in the last 10 presidential cycles. That's embarrassing. <laughs> now, when you go to the other side of the spectrum and you look at their net favorability, well, those are low too. So you'll see Hillary Clinton at negative 20 and Donald Trump just passed negative 40. Now, Harry Ensign of 538 explains, no major party nominee before Clinton or Trump had a double-digit net negative strong favorability rating. Clinton's would be the lowest ever except for Trump. In previous cycles, the nominees of each party almost always had a strong, favorable, and unfavorable rating within 10 percentage points of each other. The only exception was Michael Dukakis in 1988. Only 19% of Americans felt strongly about Dukakis, either favorably or unfavorably. Over 50% of Americans give Clinton and Trump either a strongly favorable or strongly unfavorable rating. Of course, we've never had two nominees like this about whom so many voters had already made up their minds emphatically. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Voters see this campaign for now as truly a choice between the lesser of two evils. Now, as a side note, Michael Dukakis is the guy who he was trying to appeal to Hispanic voters and someone brought him a, a tamale and he literally bit into the corn husk of the tamale. <laughs> so that's kind of the one thing that stands out about Michael Dukakis that we all remember about him. Uh, now, is this surprising about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump? Absolutely not. I don't find it surprising at all. I completely understand how both Democratic and Republican voters are polarized about their potential nominees. 
So when it comes to Donald Trump, you have someone who is really galvanizing a certain subset of the Republican base. So you have some anti-establishment Republicans, and then you have some brazenly racist, xenophobic, Ku Klux Klan loving uh, Republicans who Donald Trump is... He's the, the almighty to them, man. He is doing a lot for them. He's the overtly xenophobic candidate that they've all been waiting for. Now, when it comes to Hillary Clinton, she is basically the Democratic darling. The party loves her. And for Democratic voters who don't know much about policy and they just know about social issues, they kind of endow their trust in the Democratic Party. And since most of the party supports Hillary, they think, well, that's my girl. That's my nominee right there. And furthermore, there's also a lot of people who are just voting for her because she's a woman. That is, unfortunately, a larger subset of the population than we would have hoped for. And if you disagree with that, then you can look at all the op-eds written for Salon, for Huffington Post, of celebrities, of just ordinary people saying they support Hillary on the basis of her gender. So I've said it once, I'll say it again. This is an embarrassing duo for our country. No matter who wins, we all lose. We get someone who many people dislike. Now, when you look at Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, of course it's the case that Donald Trump is a complete madman. He'd be an authoritarian. He already says that he wants to bring back libel laws against media outlets. So what if Humanist Report were to say something that was bad about Donald Trump? We'd be fined. We'd be sued. We'd go to jail. That's pretty scary. We don't want a democracy to diminish even more than it already is. So, of course, I believe Hillary Clinton is better than, than Donald Trump. But if it's the case that Donald Trump is defeated, that it's not like we're going to be like, oh, yay, Hillary Clinton is the winner. Because then we get President Hillary Clinton who is a war hawk, who would inevitably start more wars in the Middle East, who would be 100% beholden to her corporate donors. So either way, we lose. If we elect Hillary, we dodge getting a madman. But if we elect Hillary, well, we get Hillary. So this is honestly the election that I think is going to be a turning point for a lot of people. Just for me personally, I've never voted third party before, but I certainly will be voting third party this election. My vote will unequivocally go to Jill Stein. I will vote for her enthusiastically so if it's the case that Hillary Clinton is the nominee because I refuse to vote for a lesser of two evils. I'm in a deep blue state so I don't have to worry about it but I honestly do feel bad for Democratic voters who live in swing states who are compelled to vote for Hillary Clinton because they don't want the madman to win. So either way we're all screwed. Many people who will unfortunately have to vote for Hillary Clinton come November they're not going to be like woohoo Hillary Clinton. They're <laughs> casting their vote thinking okay, hopefully Trump doesn't win. They're voting against someone. And this is a democracy. We should be voting for someone, not against someone. So this is frustrating. Let's just hope that Bernie Sanders can turn it out and somehow win. I'm still Sanders all the way, and I'm going to fight until the very end. And we got to make sure that he wins because Hillary versus Trump, man, it's a nightmare. Ted Cruz and John Kasich have officially dropped out of the Republican presidential race, leaving Trump as the presumptive nominee, and now it is all but guaranteed that he will secure the 1,237 delegates needed to win outright, so no contested convention. And Republican establishment members are losing their minds right now. You have George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush saying that they're not even going to attend the convention. And then you have people like Mitt Romney saying that they're not going to support Trump no matter what. And when asked whether or not Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House, would be supporting Donald Trump, this is what he had to say. Now you have a presumptive nominee, Donald Trump. Will you support him? Well, uh, to be perfectly candid with you, Jake, uh, I'm just not ready to do that at this point. I'm not there right now. Uh, and I hope to, though, and I want to. But I think what is required is that we unify this party. And I think the bulk of the burden on unifying the party um, will have to come from our presumptive nominee. So this begs the question, is it the case that Paul Ryan is taking a principled stance against Donald Trump because he just feels as though Donald Trump is taking the Republican Party in the wrong direction? Is he worried that Donald Trump's Muslim ban or the fact that he wants to deport all 11 million undocumented immigrants is just divisive and will uh, lose Republicans voters? Maybe. Maybe that's a small portion of it. But let's all be 100% honest here. Paul Ryan doesn't really care about Trump's policies because really deep down, he agrees with most of it, and Donald Trump represents the core of the Republican base. See, the reason why Paul Ryan is worried about Donald Trump and doesn't want to endorse him yet is because Paul Ryan, like always, is looking out for his donors' interests. See, if you watch independent media sources who will actually give you the truth, like Kyle Kalinske, Cenk Uger, and myself, we've all said the same thing because it's common sense. 
the reason why the Republican establishment and Republican donors are unsure about Trump and don't want to support him is because they don't know if they can use him as a puppet like all other Republican Party members. There's a reason why the Koch brothers even said that they would consider backing Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump because they know that Hillary Clinton could be bought off like that. But Donald Trump, who knows if he could be bought off? Now, this is part of Donald Trump's appeal because over 90% of citizens, including Republicans, think that there's too much money in politics. So when you have an anti-establishment candidate like Donald Trump coming along and saying that he's self-funding his campaign, then that's appealing to disenfranchised voters who feel as though their party does not represent them. Now, the thing to keep in mind is that Donald Trump is not principled when it comes to money in politics. See, I covered a story before how Donald Trump was originally courting billionaire donors and wanted them to get behind him. But when they said no, all of a sudden Donald Trump is railing against billionaires and money in politics and how they can buy elections. So who knows what Donald Trump will do? Now it's the case that Sheldon Adelson is saying that he will support Trump since he's the Republican nominee. So whether or not Donald Trump will actually accept Sheldon Adelson's money it's an open question at this point. We'll see. Now, when you actually look at Donald Trump's list of donors, he doesn't have any specific industry bankrolling his campaign, as is the case with Hillary Clinton, where she's taking millions from particular industries. Part of what makes him appealing, even to some progressive voters, is the fact that he's not going to be persuaded by money in politics, presumably. But at the same time, though... There's a lot of policy positions that Trump holds that makes him incredibly problematic. So even though Hillary Clinton is brazenly corrupt, don't be fooled by Donald Trump because he's no prize either. Again, remember that he contends that climate change is a hoax invented by the Chinese. He also is an anti-vaxxer. He also states that we should literally kill civilians, the family members of ISIS. He wants to spend billions of dollars building a wall when our net immigration from Mexico is zero. That's literally the case. It's been that way for years now. He also wants to ban Muslims from entering or leaving the country. He stated that he would be in support of a Hitler-esque policy where he IDs Muslims somehow or keeps a database of Muslims. And furthermore, he wants to deport all 11 million undocumented immigrants. I'm not okay with that. I'm a humanist. I don't necessarily define whether or not someone should stay on the basis of their citizenship. I define it as human need. And with Mexico being a horrible country with a ton of corruption, with mass famine, I'm not for sending people back to their country where they deal with violence and die. Sorry about that. I'm just not. So don't let Donald Trump fool you. But if he does stick to his guns and reject the money from Sheldon Adelson, well, then we'll give him credit where credit is due. But that doesn't make him a better candidate. I'm not anti-establishment just for the sake of being, being anti-establishment. I would be pro-establishment if they actually had the right policy positions in order. So look, here's the thing about Donald Trump. We don't know what he's going to do. We don't know how beholden he'll be to donors. And the reason why we don't know that is why the Republican Party is not willing to back him yet. So this is going to be a circus. Grab your popcorn. We'll see how this plays out. So I am here with Debbie otherwise known as the same progressive on YouTube. She has been my go-to source for election fraud this entire election cycle. And I don't think anybody knows more than her. She's documented it. She's talked about it. She has all the interviews where she talks about really weird things going on. So I am here to have her talk about it on my podcast. Debbie, how's it going? Oh, very good, Mike. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And this has been a long time in the making. Many of my viewers have been wanting me to talk to you and uh, have you talk about election fraud specifically, because I think that you are a great resource for that. So I'm super stoked about this. I'm a fan of Debbie, and I know a lot of my viewers are too. So can you just tell me a little bit about election fraud, just generally speaking? I know it's a big topic, but basically we all know that it's happening. I don't think many people know the extent to which it's happening. And that's something that you've kind of shed some light on on your channel. Uh, and one thing I really want to ask is, has it been the case that it's been this rampant all along? Is this election unique or has it just always been screwed up? No, this election is definitely not unique. Um, I've been interviewing people um, who have been involved in election fraud, um, integrity, activism for uh, decades now. Uh, Richard Sharnan, who is the uh, go-to person, who is the uh, gentleman who monitors the exit polls and he's monitors has monitored the exit polls for the past 10 years. He's noticed, he's noticed mass discrepancies uh, in all the elections, um, usually uh, from the Republican side, favoring the Republicans over the Democrats. 
but no, it's not new. John Brakey, who brought the lawsuit in Arizona, he's been working on it for ages. Bev Harris just came out with a groundbreaking report on how the machines actually have a function built into them that uh, who's the sole purpose of this function is to be able to change the election results by uh, fractioning the vote, which means not one vote for one person, but it weights the votes differently. So it turns it into a percentage. So one person's vote could count for a third, another person's vote could count fully. Um, if you wanna get into the full details of uh, the fraud that has occurred in this particular election on the Democratic primary side, I just want to give you a resource, electionfraud2016.wordpress.com. And that will um, give you all the documentation of the election fraud that we have been documenting and um, uh, collecting evidence on since the beginning of the election back in Iowa, state okay. to state. Great. And honestly, if you haven't yet, go and subscribe to Debbie because nobody's covered election fraud more than her. And this is all based on evidence. We're not conspiratorial. We don't have our tinfoil hats on. We're documenting everything. She has screenshots of counties flipping and taking away. I mean, it's, it's insane. I didn't know how rampant it was uh, until she shed light on it specifically. So I think that what she's doing is great. So can you talk about some of the examples of what's kind of happening? I can. Um, I actually, uh, because I this has been uh, an issue that I've been concerned about and following for a very long time, when I first started volunteering for the Bernie Sanders campaign and went to be a, a volunteer to train uh, other volunteers in my county, I went to uh, a training with some of his campaign in New Hampshire and I tried to warn the campaign about this. Uh, I did a petition back in January uh, imploring the campaign to request poll monitors and also to um, get exit pollsters on the ground so that he would have a basis for evidence if he needed to request hand counts. And it started right off the bat. It started right off the bat in Iowa. Uh, there was uh, caucus rigging. We had evidence from uh, C-SPAN uh, on video where Clinton's staff was uh, giving misinformation to Bernie Sanders voters, so to telling them to go home prematurely. They were counting the votes of her supporters that weren't there. There were rampant problems in Iowa. And that went on to the point it was, it was so obvious and so corrupt that the newspaper, the, uh, the Des Moines Register, which had uh, endorsed Hillary Clinton, and Hillary Clinton preened about that endorsement. It's a very reputable paper. Their, board, their editorial board came out and, and stated flat out that there needed to be a full investigation due to the corruption and that... Uh, it needed to be followed through on. I did another petition at that time to Sanders, begging him to please address any irregularities in real time, because I was very concerned, not just with the caucus rigging in Iowa, but we had another 49 states to go. And my view was if Clinton did not get a clear message that we were gonna go toe to toe for every discrepancy that we saw, it was gonna be a green light for cheating for the rest of the election. And it went on in Nevada. We saw the same type of things in Nevada that we saw in Iowa. We saw the same kind of caucus rigging. The Nurses United who had endorsed Bernie Sanders, I'm sure you've seen them, Mike. They, um, they have done a lot of advocacy. They have a bus that's gone around the country. They saw such things in Nevada that they came out nationally and asked uh, for poll monitors to be brought in after what they witnessed in um, Nevada. And then that's just the caucuses, uh, which we have seen in other caucuses moving forward. We saw in Nebraska and we saw in Washington, Bernie Sanders winning these caucuses. Like the room would be full of Bernie Sanders supporters and then there would be a little corner for Clinton and they'd bring in these boxes. There'd be boxes of absentee ballots and they dump them on the table and Bernie Sanders would have won the precinct because but these absentee ballots would be going 90% for Hillary Clinton. So, uh, and then we have the biggest thing 
that you, you that, that you know there's so many aspects we see the um, the exit polls not matching the uh, official results now exit polls uh, you know from a reputable agency usually have a margin of error between two to maybe five percent based on the sample size these exit polls are going eight percent ten percent fifteen percent in error if you look at Richard Charnin's work and his blog is linked on the uh, page that I gave you you know mathematically these are uh, mathematically that is a huge huge red flag now the United States when they look at exit polls um, in other nations like when, when there's elections in other nations they look at that those exit polls to make sure they're matching the election results and if they don't the United States will flag that as a red flag for uh, possible fraud but we're seeing that ac nearly across the board in almost every state with Hillary Clinton nobody says a word and one thing I wanted to get your opinion on is you see uh, some things that you don't necessarily have to dive in to understand what's happening. Like in Arizona, they cut the number of polling stations. Uh, they did it in heavily populated Latino areas. They did it in Rhode Island, even though Bernie Sanders won, they still reduced it by two thirds. Yeah, 66%. Right. So the thing is that we see this happening and currently it doesn't really hurt Hillary Clinton, but what her supporters don't understand, what she doesn't understand is that if it continues this way, it's going to hurt her in November if she is the nominee. So I can't understand why there's no urgency from the Clinton campaign for her support to support this. It doesn't make sense to me. It makes complete sense, dear. She's just going to do the same thing in November. <laughs> why, why do you think, you know, now there's two components, and I want to talk about the, uh, the voter suppression and the purging of the rolls in a minute. But there's another component to this. There's another component to this that you can just bring with sheer logic. You see Hillary Clinton in New York City, and I've seen her rallies, and they're empty rooms. They're empty rooms. The people do not exist. Now, in Washington Park, it was like 27,000 people, and the NYPD said there were 50,000 people who showed up, but they couldn't fit everybody in. There was another, I think it was a Prospect Park, 30,000 people. This has gone on all around the country. If you look just yesterday in East LA, there was a rally for Hillary Clinton. It was a gymnasium, empty. It was like a fourth full. There were more protesters outside of the East LA rally saying, drop out Hillary, than there were people in that room. And so something tells you something like is, is wrong when you see tens of thousands of people everywhere Bernie Sanders goes and Hillary Clinton can't fill a room. That's just sheer logic. And what, and the other thing I want to note here that is so important, you know, Hillary Clinton, she, yeah, I think, she, I think Bernie Sanders has already won this election, but even if those numbers were accurate, Bernie Sanders is right behind her. She doesn't have the independent vote. She doesn't have Republicans. Republicans will turn out in record numbers just for the privilege of voting against her. And, uh, you know, a lot of Democrats are very distrustful. She has a 59% disapproval rating with the general population. But she just, her aides just informed on the Hill, uh, through the Hill, that they're not going to give Bernie Sanders anything at the convention. They're not going to adopt his platform positions. They are not going to do anything. And so this is a person who's really going to need Bernie Sanders voters, and they're going to need those independent voters. That's 43% of the population. Hillary Clinton is not doing anything to reach out to Bernie Sanders voters. She's flipping us off. Where does she get the luxury of taking that position? The latest poll with her and Trump had them two percentage points apart. How does she have the luxury of totally disregarding such a huge block of voters? Something is wrong. Common sense. Common sense. So let me just get this straight, though. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Okay. Are you saying that we shouldn't trust Hillary Clinton? Is that what you're saying? I, I, I know. I know. That's, that's, that's a shocking, shocking uh, statement for me to be put, put forth. No. And I'm just surprised that her argument, the pitch that she made to us is, I'm winning. That doesn't resonate with you. What's going on? 
As far as I'm concerned, this election is a psychop. It's a psychop. It is blatantly being stolen. And uh, it, it really is a hallmark of how much control you know, the media has had and that we don't have uh, independent alternative media because this is not conspiracy theory. There is a lot of objective evidence. I would implore everybody to go to the blog, the level of evidence, and we didn't even get into talking about the purged voter rolls. You know, in Arizona, hundreds of thousands of people were purged off the voter rolls. And what a dink! They all seem to be Bernie Sanders supporters. It happened in New York. 126,000 people purged off the voter rolls in Brooklyn in Bernie Sanders' hometown. We have reports in California that it's happening again. And we've had reports all over the country of this happening. And, uh, you know, it's... And then what? What is the other one? There's, there's the, 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 and there, and there's a voter suppression as well. Um, just uh, the long, the closing the precincts, the long lines, and uh, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. It really is. It, and it's frustrating because we're supposed to be like the beacon of hope for other countries around the world who we're supposed to be like that shining example of democracy. And you have so much problems going on, and effectively nothing is being done about it. You have independent media sites like, like you and me who are covering it, but the problem is that we're, we're small. Like, we don't have the reach that the mainstream media has, so if they don't report it, then very little people know about it, and that's what's frustrating. It is amazing that we have had the effect we have had even with these small alternative media channels because uh, the media is starting to pay attention. In the past few weeks, uh, there have been, in in response to um, us bringing this to light on social media, uh, we've had Raw Story, Washington Post, I think Salon, put out articles with the usual uh, conspiracy theory smear. Um, our group, which documents election fraud, over on Facebook, documenting Democrat Democratic primary election fraud 2016, we have a project called Screenshot the Vote. And Screenshot the Vote is something I started back in Massachusetts. I live in Massachusetts. And uh, I noticed when I was watching the election results come in live because it's my state. So I'm refreshing and I'm refreshing and I'm refreshing. And I started to see really weird things. One of the things I noticed was one of the precincts out in the eastern part of the state, it was a hundred percent reporting, and there were zero votes for Bernie Sanders, and there was a hundred percent votes for Hillary Clinton. And then I was watching the screenshots come in, and I was watching, and all of a sudden, Hillary Clinton's votes jumped way up, which can happen when a precinct comes in; they change. It's part of the deal. But when I looked and actually tried to find where those votes came in, you know, did it come in from Boston, I totaled all the individual precincts and the votes didn't exist. It's like when you totaled them, they were reporting like 10,000 extra votes for Clinton that didn't exist in the total. And so what our group started to do was we started screenshotting the vote re results as they came in in real time. And we have noticed crazy discrepancies. Um, we, we watch... Um, uh, Bernie Sanders' vote totals go down. We see constantly, we see more than 100% of precincts reporting. Uh, we see Hillary Clinton all of a sudden making up these huge game, gains in the last 10%. Things that are really mathematically not even possible when you, if you actually follow the, the totals as they come in. And we've done this Ever since Michigan, our group has done this, and we have actually documented almost every single state. But we had shared a screenshot where we showed, it was just one of the screenshots, we have hundreds of these, but it was one screenshot where we had shown Bernie Sanders' votes had decreased by 4,000. Uh, at 18%, he had 6,000, and I think at 39%, he had 2,000. So it was one of the examples. And the Washington Post, took that one screenshot and said that we were conspiracy theorists and they and they put up an argument about how they don't even have the vote totals come in and they didn't address any of our concerns and they really it was very poorly written and it was the kind of thing that 
that you smear people with. And you know what is really the most disturbing thing about this, Mike, is that all we are asking for is an honest accounting of the votes. We want some hand counts. And we want our concerns, which are legitimate, to be addressed. And when the media has got to, to smear us as conspiracy theorists, voters who are concerned about the integrity of our election system, instead of us taking us seriously, they make fun of us. And I think that is a huge red flag um, for people who do not want to address what's really going on. Right. And if there's anything that I can attest to, and I'm sure you can as well, is that everything that is negative towards Hillary Clinton, it's a conspiracy theory. Case in point, her FBI investigation, she's literally under investigation for criminal <laughs> charges, potentially, who knows. Uh, but that's a conspiracy theory. We're not allowed to talk about it. It's uh, based on the right wing. It's just a smear from them. So it's frustrating that no matter what we do, if we actually try to be objective and gather the facts, we're conspiratorial. You can't win. You, you just can't win. Well, the media hasn't been incredibly dishonest about how they have reported Hillary Clinton's story. They, they constantly, anything with Hillary Clinton, it is always a Republican witch hunt. They don't talk about the story in terms of the facts of the story. They talk about uh, making Hillary Clinton a victim a victim instead of responsible for her actions as Secretary of State. And because of that, nobody even really understands the basics of the Hillary Clinton email scandal. Have you talked a lot about that on your show? I did one, uh, one video where I actually just went in what would happen if she was indicted. And my whole, uh, this is speculative, of course, is my contention is that I think she's probably, if she is indicted, which who knows what's going to happen at this point, it would be Joe Biden that the party pushes us towards, not Bernie Sanders. And so because of that, I was kind of preparing my viewers that if something does go down, we're going to have to be ready. We have to be uh, get ready to protest, get ready to put a lot of pressure on the DNC because they're not going to just give us Bernie Sanders that easily. So that's about the extent to which I've covered it. But there's so much details in this scandal and whatnot that you can talk about it for hours. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I think I think there is so much confusion for people not even understanding what the story actually is because the media has obfuscated it so much uh, to to even really um, understand that it even is an issue, and it it should be a huge issue. If anybody other than Hillary Clinton took the actions that Hillary Clinton did in creating a private server unencrypted outside the knowledge of the government, subverted Freedom of Information Act, sub subverted uh, government oversight, uh, totally unencrypted, uh, they would be already indicted and probably serving jail time. It's really, you know, what they say that Hillary Clinton didn't do anything wrong, the very action of creating that server and taking um, that action uh, was a deliberate subversion. And Freedom of Information Act is incredibly important because that is how we are able to practice oversight as citizens. She subverted that. So, and, and, and people have tried to assert that it's a cr not a criminal investigation. The FBI does not conduct security reviews. It is a criminal investigation. There have been dozens of uh, FBI agents put on this case. And Hillary Clinton has really tried to hide and say, oh, well, I didn't know that there would be any classified information going through my unencrypted server, my sole server for housing my email. She didn't use another server. This is where everything went through. I didn't know there'd be any classified information on there. How could I know that? And, uh, you know, she says it wasn't labeled. Two points on that, two big points on that. First of all, it is not the label that makes something classified. It is the content. So it does not matter. For her to put that argument forward is ludicrous. It doesn't matter. It matters that the information in it is classified. As Secretary of, of the United States, she had the, she had the duty to understand what, what that information meant. She had to sign a release to say that she would be able to identify it. She received training so that she, you know, would be able to identify it. 
And second point, Hillary Clinton says it wasn't classified. Hillary Clinton generated, generated uh, a large portion of the material that was classified and it was she who didn't mark it. So not only did she mishandle the information, she is the one who didn't mark the information that became retroactively classified. So there's so much confusion around these story, this story, and most people don't even know those basic points. They think she was just confused, there was no ill intent. And the big thing, the big thing with it is why did Hillary Clinton do that? And people do not know that there is two investigations going on right now. We will have uh, probably an answer about the indictment around the private use of, uh, use of a private server, but the much bigger story is the reason why she did it. And that is the Clinton Foundation was receiving, while Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, she was receiving through the Clinton Foundation millions of dollars tens of millions of dollars from corporations and authoritarian regimes who ended up receiving through her state department either weapons deals or um, deals through the trans-pacific partnership that resulted in a lot of profitability and power for the people who were giving her money to the foundation at that time and there is a conflict of interest and there is bribery involved. So that is actually the bigger scandal and very few people understand that's gonna continue even if Hillary Clinton is the general nominee. And that is terrifying and it should be terrifying for anyone who keeps pushing the narrative that if you don't want Trump to be in office, you should be afraid of that. So yeah, I'm glad that you laid that out. Thank you for that. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna switch and go over to Debbie's channel uh, so that way we can finish the rest of this conversation there. Uh, Debbie, before we go, can you tell my subscribers where they can find you and subscribe to you? You can find me over on YouTube at Sane Progressive, www.youtube.com slash Sane Progressive. You can also find me on Facebook. I, I encourage everybody to go on the Facebook page because I give a lot more information there. And you can join me on Twitter as well. All right. Well, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done it, please subscribe to Debbie. You're missing out. Again, she's one of my favorite YouTube commentators and she's blowing up just past 10,000. Congrats on that, by the way. And Thank she's... You. She's only going to get bigger from here. So we will pick this up over at Same Progressive Channel. Hopefully you guys will follow us there. Well, that's all I got for you guys. I want to thank everyone for tuning in again so loyally every single week. And I want to welcome all of my newest subscribers to the channel and thank everyone else who is a member and Patreon patron. So I will see you all next week. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. <laughs>